0: Hey, what's up, friends? Grand Baldwin here. Welcome back to the lab podcast. Good to have you here with us today. Hope you're having a great day. And again, genuinely, genuinely appreciate you being here. So wherever you are in your speaking journey, whether you uh, have done zero paid gigs or you've done hundreds or thousands of gigs, uh, really, really, really do appreciate you being here. Really do appreciate it. And it uh, means a lot. Hey, we got a a great show for you today. Before we get to that, uh, if you haven't already picked up The Successful Speaker, the book's been out for a couple months now. We have gotten amazing feedback from people, and we so appreciate the the kind words from uh, those of you who have picked it up, then uh, you definitely still, if you haven't got it, you need to go pick it up. You can go to thespeakaloud.com book to get all the information about it. You can find it on uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you buy your books. Again, the book is called The Successful Speaker, Five Steps for Booking Gigs, Getting Paid, and Building Your Platform. It is the step-by-step guide and roadmap that you need for building your speaking career. Now today we got a great guest for you we have a, a repeat guest he's been on the show multiple times uh, Mr. Hugh Culver he is a, a successful speaker but also uh, teaches teaches speakers especially works with a lot of speakers and uh, and and uh, thought leaders about content and blogging and writing and so uh, this is a, a conversation we're going to have about the process for writing why writing matters for speakers how to think about writing how how writing can actually improve your speaking but then also whenever you are working on new content whether that's a blog post or whether that's an email or whether that's a podcast episode of just a, a simple framework to think about of how to best approach that. So i also give you a little insight of how we produce this podcast right now, the one you're listening to, what is my role versus what is other people's roles? So I'll give you a little uh, behind the scenes look at that. So lots to get to here with uh, Hugh Culver. Let's uh, jump right into this. Enjoy this conversation with Mr. Uh, Hugh Culver. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Today we are joined once again by Mr. Hugh Culver. He's been on the show multiple times. Good to have him back. Hugh, how are you today, my friend?
1: I'm I'm doing great, Grant. Yeah, it's fun to be back again, and and uh, and to see you again.
0: Always good to hang out with you. Uh, people can't see us, we can see each other. But uh, you look beautiful today, my friend. So thanks thanks for joining us. Hey, today we're going to be talking about writing. Writing is something I know that you are really passionate about for speakers. Um, so I want to start with this. I uh, I don't know that I speak for everyone, but I know I speak for me when I say, I understand the value of writing. I see the value of writing. I just don't necessarily enjoy writing. And I also don't necessarily know, like uh, how does this connect to being a speaker? So uh, talk us through the, the the skeptics like myself of why does why does writing matter as a speaker?
1: Yeah, great place to start. So the backstory is that, When I left the tourism industry and got into speaking, it didn't take that long before I was just swamped. And I was actually adding employees in my office and also building up a training company with other trainers. And what I started to realize, Grant, was probably 85 or 90% of my time was spent on marketing, Hmm. client acquisition, marketing, or delivering. And very little of my time was on actually creating new content or exploring yeah. new ideas, I mean, even reading books. And so uh, that went on for many years because I just justified it. I said, well, look, I'm growing a business. I got a family to, you know, to take care of. And right. but the reality is I'm selling myself as a content expert. And I believe that if people want to be content experts, they've got to do two things. They've got to read a lot and they've got to write a lot. And what happens when you write is it actually coalesces in your brain in a different way. So imagine you just read, you know, James Clear's, you know, fantastic new book, Atomic Habits, 1.3 million copies sold. Great, okay. What are you going to do with that knowledge? Are you just going to go, that was really nice? Or are you going to turn it into something that actually is meaningful for you? So when you write, now you need to present something to your followers that's your version. So, yeah. like, okay, great book, great model. Uh, how do I use that in my life? And so, I actually believe, first of all, it makes you a better speaker.
0: How? Uh, so, if you're writing, um, how does that connect the dots though to you becoming a better speaker?
1: Well, so um, here's an example. I got off the phone yesterday with um, a client of mine. This is probably the fourth time I'm going to go out and speak at their conference. And what she asked me was, well, Hugh, what's new? And I said, well, what about this? She said, well, I can't use that topic. Well, I can't use that topic. So to be a better speaker, I believe we need to be constantly evolving. We need to be constantly looking at our content and saying, is is there something new that I now believe in or that works better because of how I've worked with my clients or what I've researched or what's going on in my life? And so I become, my, my premise is I become more valuable when my content gets better and what I realized after many years was it just doesn't get better by speaking. Like I get better on stage. I get better at, you know, pulling out a story or making the audience laugh or knowing exactly how to sell my book at the back of the room. But what I don't get better at is content and that's what makes us more valuable.
0: So from a, a speaker's perspective is all of the content that you're writing, is it primarily from the point of, um, I'm creating content in the form of a blog post or something that I'm going to put up that demonstrates my expertise? Or is it also going to, um, you know, be for my, my talks uh, and I'm working on, you know, the content of this, the message of the talk, or is there sometimes where writing is just valuable from the sake of, like I'm thinking from like a, a journaling perspective of yep. it's not anything that's ever going to be public. It's nothing I'm really workshopping in terms of a speech. It's just for my own clarity of thought. How does writing help in, in that way?
1: Yeah, absolutely. actually all of those. So I would say journaling number one, what a great- Great habit. You know, even if, and many people admit this, even if you take a whole month and never really journal, but you get back to it. Um, writing eBooks is a really great exercise because now you've got to put something together in about 20,000 words that actually is a complete argument. Um, writing a blog um, or even just long posts on LinkedIn or Medium or whatever whatever you're using. So what you have to do when you're, when you're putting together that kind of content is you have to say, well, this is what I believe in. Even with journaling, I would encourage listeners to think, okay, great. So I'm journaling about what happened today or what's going on in this relationship or my struggles with my business, but what do I believe in? Like, what is the, what is something I could share with somebody else? It's kind of like, imagine if I finished journaling and now I turned to a best friend and said, here's what I am thinking. Well, what is that? And I think the better we get at bringing together our own arguments, the stronger we get on stage. You know, when you get, a fantastic speaker on stage and you watch them it's magical because they just have these brilliant points that are tackling common problems that we maybe mm-hmm. all struggle with but they they their solutions are so concise and so uh, sharp it we just want to pick up a pen and write them down well those people have done a lot of work to get to that point you, you don't come up with that stuff just by getting up on stage and talking and talking you you get you get to that point Because you've, you know, started typing. You said, well, what do I really believe in? You know, so I'm a productivity expert. I get, all my topics have to do with productivity when I get on stage. Well, I can't keep telling the same, I can't keep sending the same message out there if if things are actually changing. When I started talking about productivity, Grant, digital world was not that big a deal. Like, sure, we had email and stuff, but now it's a huge deal. And so if I want to be valuable, I've got to stay on top of that And I got to do better than just quoting from, you know, Cal Newport or someone like that, who's brilliant. I got to actually put it into my version. So what do I believe uh, people should be doing to be more productive, to be more effective in their work? And, And that's where writing comes in.
0: So for, again, for the, for the speakers like myself, who are people who, uh, who are staring at a blank screen, who don't know where to begin, yeah. uh, I know one of the things that you do is you, you teach basically a process of uh, how, how to better use writing uh, in, your, in, in your building your expertise and your credibility and, and your speaking. So can you, can you talk us through that framework?
1: Yeah, sure. So the, I think of it in four steps. So the, the first step is you just got to start thinking about topics that sell. What I mean by that is topics that will actually promote your expertise. So, we all know Bob Berg, you know, they, you know, no like trust, right? Mm -hmm. I believe that when you hit a topic that resonates with your ideal market, you're going to build that no like trust rapport with them because they're going to go, man, I love the way this person thinks. Like, this is exactly tackling a problem I've got. So, you have to think about topics that sell what you are selling. So, if you're trying to sell a speech, if you're trying to sell a training program, or even as a coach or consultant, Well, what take, take that topic and imagine it's at the top of the umbrella. Well, what are all the rays that come out of that? So for example, I have written over 250 blog posts about productivity.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, (laughs) I mean, how is that possible? Well, because it is, there's so many facets to it. So you need to be looking at, um, okay, if you're, if you're a relationship expert, well, you could talk about conflict or relationships in marriage, uh, expectations in relationships, teamwork in relationships you know, financial planners, they can talk about estate planning, succession planning, charitable. So think about what is it that I want to sell? Okay, I've got this speech, I've got this workshop. And then just get a notepad and say, what are all the subtopics? So that's number one, is don't randomly sit down on Sunday morning and say, I wonder what I'm feeling today. You should always start with something that is going to solve a problem for your ideal audience, but it sells the big ticket item. Okay, I call that the in my mind, I call it the profit pyramid. I'm giving you a little bit at the bottom, that you're gonna get the top is what you pay for.
0: So okay, I'm curious on that part where uh, you the point of the topic is that something that's going to help you to sell the big ticket item towards the that's right t- towards the top of the pyramid. So yeah,
1: yeah sorry sorry yeah like you're solving a little problem yeah whereas the speech for example solves solves it in multi you know, multiple things you're going to talk about in speech, but in the blog, you talk about one thing you're solving.
0: So when you talk about picking the topic that sells, um, are you talking about the, the blog topic or the, what you're writing about topic or the, yep. um, or even like the, the bigger picture of the, the speech topic?
1: Uh, well, I, in my case, like, like for the writing, I'm talking about the, uh, the blog topic or yeah. the ebook topic, um, or the article topic that you're going to post on social media. Yeah. So I'm talking about, um, uh, something that's going to be published um, that's going to promote your keynote or promote your
0: workshop. So how do you uh, make sure that it's connecting the dots back? Uh, because there's some, there's going to be some uh, blog topics that there's going to be natural. So like you, when you mentioned productivity, like you can think of like, there's a lot of natural connections there. Um, but if you're saying, you know, let's say uh, you speak on, uh, you know, like motivation or inspiration right. or, or something that feels, that can feel a little vague and squishy. You're kind of like, all right, so what, you know, how many, how many more steps to being motivated or or like, it feels like you could, I don't know, maybe it's just a limiting belief, but you run out of uh, what the angle is to make it relevant and to be able to do multiple, you know, poster ideas about it.
1: Yeah. And so um, that's a great point. And it can happen if you're not sitting back and asking yourself, what does my audience want? So anybody that's given a speech knows that at different points in your talk, the audience leans in. And at the end of your talk, there's certain questions they come up and ask you about. Those are great clues that you need to explore that deeper. Yeah. So if you're a motivational speaker, that's fantastic. There are 4,000 topics that all point towards motivation. So look at where your audience is responding to different parts of your speech and say, oh, that's really good. I should do a lot more topics on that. Um, And and then look at the questions you're being asked. And if you want to get more technical, it's really simple. Go into your Google Analytics and look at what people are reading. Because when we work with our clients at BlogWorks, one of the first things we want to see is what's the track record on your website? Because it's a perfect test of what people are interested in. It's like podcast episodes. So you know, Grant, that when people discover your podcast, which is an excellent podcast, They're gonna maybe listen to the most recent one, but then they're gonna go back and they go, oh, that's interesting, oh, that one's interesting. And pretty soon you can look at the analytics and over the last three months or six months, you've got a really good measure of what topics are really popular.
0: All right, so first step is to find topics that are sellable. Uh, What's the second step?
1: This is where you you gotta have a system. And so I really recommend you have a template system for writing. And it's really simple. It's, there's a basic system, uh, template, a five-step template that works in a speech. It works in a, um, a blog post. It works in an article. And, and it's, it's, you can even do it in a podcast interview. So when you have a template system, now you're not going to be struggling with the writing. So here's, here's the template that we always use. And all of my writers, I have now 14 writers working for us at BlogWorks. All the writers use this template. Number one, it starts with, what's the problem? Okay. So right away, hit them in the face, what's the problem? You can ask a question, you can make a bold claim, you can, you can uh, perhaps, you can quote a, a really you know, big statistic. So for example, in my world, I might start by saying, you know, over 33% of people are now spending, you know, or, uh, or people are spending over 33% of their time on email at work, period. And when you start with a problem, you're identifying that this is something I'm going to be talking about, but also you're helping people to understand that they should read further.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of opening in a loop.
1: Totally. Right. And there yeah. should be like two or three quick sentences to get me scrolling. Number two is evidence. So now you need to relate the problem to your world. So for example, what's a personal story that you've had with that problem? So if I'm quoting some statistic about email you know, taking over my day, then I'm going to talk about how that's a struggle for me, how I find myself instead of working on hard work, I go to the path of least resistance and I check my inbox. You can also at this point talk about some work you've done with a client. You can talk about research you've read, a book that you've just read, you can quote from that book. So this is the evidence part that says this is actually valid. And um, I have a personal connection to what I'm going to tell you about. And then we go to promise. So step three is promise. This is what you're going to read. Imagine someone is standing in line at Starbucks. They've opened up your email. They're starting to read the blog. What's going to keep them going? Well, you need to promise some kind of a solution. Now, this is not some kind of thesis paper. This is this is something that's going to help me. and And you need to keep reading if you want to get to the solution. So step three is the promise. Then we get to the solutions and then the call to action. So Start with the problem, what is it What is it you're tackling now? What's the evidence that you know something about this problem that you can relate to it? And then we've got the promise of what's gonna come up, the solutions and the call to action. And there's your template. So you can write um, a really quick draft using that five-step template in like less than 30 minutes if you're a fast typist. And, and then now you've got something you can sit on. So that's step two. Use a template, get something written. So too many writers that I speak to, speakers, they struggle with their blogs because they start writing big essays and they just get lost. Yeah. So the temp- template will save a lot of time.
0: I can see how like on one side that the template does keep you on track and it kind of gives you a framework mm-hmm. of, okay, and I know you know, this natural progression. I know this path that I'm going to be following. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also, you know, the, to play devil's advocate, there's the point that, uh, that templated things can feel very templated. Mm-hmm. So how do you find the balance of, uh, like there's some, uh, some podcasts or some books or some blog posts where if you've read or listened to one of them, you've read or listened to all of them. Uh, cause it feels very, it feels very cookie cutter. So how do you find that balance of like, yes, I'm following a framework here, but it doesn't feel like everything is just copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. Does that make sense? So
1: have you ever read any Malcolm Gladwell books?
0: Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Go look at the chapters. They're all the same.
0: Same Tim, titles. Tim Ferriss. Tim,
1: Fer- Tim Ferris? Same template. Yeah. Yeah, So so what I'm saying is that we love those books. They're so entertaining. But actually look at how the chapters are structured. Every chapter starts with a story. Then it goes into a personal anecdote. Then it goes into a solution. Then it goes into a how-to. So if you actually look at it, it's actually templated, but it reads so well that it doesn't feel that way. And I can tell you, like right now, we're producing over 150 articles a month, and they don't look templated because yeah. because we're not you know when we read an article grant, we're not saying, "Well, gee, I wonder how this was organized. we're just simply either enjoying it or yeah. we move on yeah, and so but it's a very good point um it i Our experience has been it doesn't feel templated if you do yeah. it this way, and the the downside of not using a template is you end up with this convoluted, wandering thing that right. nobody ever finishes because we don't know where you're going with this thing it's it runs on and on and on and so. Yeah, yep, from okay. a
0: speaking perspective, I always tell speakers that you want to when you're creating a talk, you want to think through two questions the audience is always asking themselves: so what, and now what? So what, right. and now what? And so what? So what? Why does this matter to me? And now what? What am I supposed to do? Right, and so right. when you when you think those things through, and like you said, you're, you're answering those by having this framework of the problem, evidence, promise, solution, call to action. By keeping those things in mind and following that, you. You are let the, the reader is left with, okay, I know exactly how this applies. I know exactly right. what I'm supposed to do versus I read this thing and it was interesting or nice or whatever, but like I have zero clue how it applies right. to me or what I'm supposed to do as a result of this.
1: Yeah. There's, you may have heard of Craig Valentine. He's a, he's coaches, speakers, uh, and, um, okay. he's got this great line. Then now how, so then that's in the past. That's the way I was. Now yeah. I figured it out. Now I'm going to show you how, then now, how. And so in a way, a blog article does that. The then part is, hey, here's a problem that maybe you're struggling with. The now is, I've actually figured out a solution, and the how is, let me show you how this actually works. And you know, I've always thought that when I get up on stage, what people wanna know is, what have I figured out that's gonna help them get there faster and easier than if they do it on their, the way they're doing it now, right? So with productivity, what have I figured out about productivity? that's going to help them get to where I am or, you know, get forward to where they want to go faster and easier than they can. And so that's what a blog article does. And now what we're seeing, you know, when we look at the analytics and again, we're looking at hundreds of analytics every month, when we look at it, the challenges with a lot of blog articles is even if they're getting a lot of traffic is there's a high exit rate. And so, like quite typically a client will say, oh my gosh, like these articles are killing it. Like I've got like a third of my traffic goes to this one article. And we look at the, uh, the analytics. What it shows us is how many people actually go anywhere else after the article. Mm-hmm. What, we, what we work on at BlogWorks is getting people to come to the article, but then go to another page. That's mm-hmm. the whole idea. So one of the analogies I use, Grant, is that your, your, um, your website is kind of like a conference. And on average, people stay for about a minute. That's on average for most websites. But on a blog post, five minutes, seven minutes, 10 minutes, 11 minutes. So that's the breakout room, right? So they come to your website. They go to this article. Now we want to get them to go and look at your, you know, your speaking topics. We want to get them to look at your about page. We want to get them to go to the contact page. That's the objective.
0: Got it. All right. So step one was, again, find topics that are sellable. Step two was have a template system of writing. What's step three? Step three is to
1: write in two sittings. And so this is part of the system that we recommend. So the first sitting is you use your template, you grab your topic, and you just write you know a draft. It's not going to be great. It won't be pretty. But the most important thing is don't edit. It's just write that draft and get it on paper. And that's going to make you feel confident. And then step two, when you come back, maybe a day later or two days later, you come back you're going to do the final edit, you're going to work on the headline, and then you're going to get it ready to publish. So images, screenshots, and publishing. I'll talk more about those in a minute. So step three, though, is to have a system for writing. All too often I hear um, speakers, and I'm talking about like top speakers that are killing it out there on the market, but they cannot finish an article. And part of the reason is because they haven't got the discipline to figure out the system. Every time they sit down, they do it a different way. And so I believe it's the first sitting, you know, you make yourself a cup of coffee, you say I got 45 minutes, get that draft done and then yeah. come back a day later and then finish off the edits, the headline, and then get it ready for publishing. So keywords and all that, that can all come after you get the first draft.
0: On the, uh, so on the first draft, it also sounds like, again, going back to the, the second point there of, of having a template system for writing is just having a system yes. of I sit down, I, here's the framework I follow. I do it the same way every time. It's kind of like, I know, um, I, I, it's been a minute since I've done much running, but I know you and I have compared notes in the past on, on running that you, 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 you don't just go out and like, Oh, I'm just going to start running. And I hope, uh, I hope I get a good run in or I hope, you know, like there's no objective there versus saying, I know I'm going to run for 30 minutes and I know here's the route that I'm going to take. And I know I'm going to, I'm going to go approximately this distance and here's the pace I'm going to try to stay on. And if I do that each time it goes, it becomes quicker. It becomes more efficient. I know the outcome becomes better because I know what the goal is going into it.
1: It, totally like when I, exactly right when i go to the gym i have a routine when i go to the gym right i have my gear but i also know i'm going to have my water with electrolytes in it i'm going to check the clock cuz i know how long i want to stay i have a certain routine for warm up i have a warm routine for warm down yeah. it makes it easier so you know people may complain by saying well gosh that's kind of boring Well, <laughs> i don't mind boring if it means i can actually produce more at right. less effort and so there's lots of places in my life where I can be completely chaotic. And, but when it comes to producing content, let's just create a system that works and makes it efficient. Because here's the, here's the thing as well, Grant, that you know I, I can't overemphasize. And that is for all the speakers that we work with, and I'm talking about the top paid speakers that we work with, the ones that produce con- consistent content are the highest paid. Now, for example, if you look at um, top American keynote speakers like uh, Kiyosaki, um, Sean Acor, uh, John Maxwell, um, Vaynerchuk, uh, Buckingham, they all blog. Go to their Mm -hmm. website. They all blog, consistently blog right? And so there's, there's a reason why these people have huge followings. James Clear started in 2013, as you know, as a blogger. The guy blogged twice a month, oh, sorry, twice a week. He did that for four years. Now he has over half a million followers on his mailing list. He sold 1.3 books. He's a New York Times bestseller. Not because he's a household name. It's because people kept reading his blog. They're reading his blog, reading his blog. So you know, you don't have to produce as much content as he does, but even if you're producing one or two articles a month, you are going to actually keep those followers nurtured. That's why a system is important. If you just do this whenever you feel like it, it's like, you know, and and the reality is, as you know, Grant, there is like this crazy amount of um, alternative marketing that we can do, right? We can get into all sorts of, you know, Google AdWords, Facebook ads, right? You can start filling YouTube channel. And so for most speakers that I work with, they don't have the discipline they don't have the budget, they don't have the the, the team to manage that kind of stuff. Yeah. But just creating excellent content, it's it's much safer bet and it's actually a lot lower cost for them. To start attracting traffic that way and attracting inquiries.
0: So you mentioned the first part of the of this step is to is to write the first draft and get that out of the way, yeah. and then come back to the second uh, and come back to right. for editing and clean up. Should you be doing the editing, or is there a case to be made for someone else to be doing the? editing? Ah,
1: so that's step four. So very good. So step four is you got to figure out what to outsource. You know, um, think about how much uh, people want to get paid to be on stage, right? They, right. you know, whatever it is, like they want to get their 3000 5000 8000 whatever it is right you can certainly afford to have someone helping you with final editing picking a photograph doing keyword research publishing like all and then promoting it onto your email list that's critical like those are systems right so in our business we have sop standard operating procedures right and that's an easy thing to write up and then you have somebody doing that at um, you know on a regular basis over and over and over again you know like when i finish writing a blog i'm done like it's it's in a google doc and i'm finished yeah. we have a little tech system i don't want to do all that other stuff because if i'm doing that other stuff it it's a demotivator for me yeah because in the back of my mind i'm thinking oh great to write the article then i got to do all this other stuff i don't want to do that so step four is you got to figure out what part of the system to outsource
0: how do you know which part you should outsource versus which of the parts? Like, oh, so you mentioned like all the technical stuff, you know. So like yep. setting up for email or promoting it, or even doing some final, you know, uh, copy edit, grammar type stuff, uh, figuring out the SEO side of it. All these other elements that like maybe you could have yeah. someone do, but you enjoy doing, um, or uh, other parts of it that again you you may not be best at, but you you know you you don't mind doing it, or you don't feel like you can afford to pay someone else to do it. Uh, so what what do you what do you say to those various situations?
1: Yeah, I would. Was- you know, I mean, if I was talking to someone one-on-one on the phone, I'd be asking, what's their income right now? And what do they want to get for income? And yeah. if they've got any you know, serious income aspirations, they've got to get rid of technical work. Like you may be good at logging into WordPress and you might even understand how to use Yoast or do keyword research, yeah. but it's probably not a very good use of your time when um, you should be doing things that nurture your clients, that prepare you better for keynote speaking, yeah. figuring out how to get, you know, more back of room sales or whatever it is, but you shouldn't be doing those things. So I would say, what, look at things that are typically technical things are the easiest things to outsource yeah. because there's lots of people that can do that remotely for you. Just go on Upwork and search for someone that wants to publish your blog, you know, and you'll be surprised at how inexpensive it is to get really, really good talent for that. And a lot of those people, they may be talented enough to also do your final edits.
0: Okay, interesting. So it could be multiple people that do multiple steps like I'm thinking about uh, and you kind of touched on this like as it relates to this podcast right now we will yeah. finish the recording here in a few and I will uh, in post edit, I will record the intro and outro and that's it. I've, I've never written uh, a single word of, of yeah. the, um, the show notes. I have never done any of the editing uh, of the episode itself and tying it all together um, and never done any of the coordinating of that. So we've got uh, someone on our team who works with our, uh, the, the lady that writes our show notes and then works with the guy who does our editing. And so she right. coordinates all that. It gets scheduled. So we will record this. It goes up at some point in the future. And I don't think about it between point A and point B. It's Brian. Um, it's Brian. So we, and, and, I, and that's the way you should are, be, right? Right. Yeah. You and I are creating the content right now, but then all right. of the the little steps that need to happen to make it go live, I'm I'm not involved right. in at all.
1: Yeah. And so I think is I think that's a great example. And I think that what people listening to this need to be asking themselves is, I may if I I might be good at what I'm doing, but mm-hmm. is it really the best use of my time? Because here's the deal: is that um, you may be doing let's call it 18 dollar an hour jobs and you know think well i'm saving myself a little bit of money but you're probably fooling yourself because what's happening is now you're busy with all of that work and you're not thinking creatively around how to get one more speaking engagement or how Mm -hmm. to go back to clients that you had three years ago and reopen that door and get back on stage or back in the workshop with them so You know, the, the busier you get with all these little technical details, the less time you have to think creatively on how to grow your business.
0: Yeah. Very well said. Uh, Hugh, this has been really insightful. Um, If people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, uh, where where can we go?
1: Yeah. uh, So thanks Grant. Uh, Yourblogworks.com. So go to yourblogworks.com. Our blog has lots of topics like this on how to make your blog more effective, how to use analytics, how to use keyword research. Uh, We offer two services. We will write blog articles and we'll also fix old blog articles for people.
0: Cool. Very cool, man. We'll be sure to link up to that. So (laughs) I always enjoy chatting with you. Thanks for the time. We appreciate it.
1: Thanks, my friend. Appreciate it.
0: All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Hugh Culver. Again, I'd encourage you to check out uh, his stuff over at yourblogworks.com, yourblogworks.com. And uh, like I mentioned at the beginning, if you haven't already, don't forget to pick up your copy of The Successful Speaker by going over to thespeakerlab.com slash book, thespeakerlab.com slash book. Pick up your copy of The Successful Speaker, five steps for booking gigs, getting paid, building your platform. Everything that you need to know is in that book. Go pick it up. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us, my friend. We appreciate you joining us and we will catch you next time. You're awesome.